This is PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast. My name is Point Blank Yvonne. Thank you for taking time to join me today. I decided to make another episode tonight because I haven't been making as frequent a number of episodes in the last couple of weeks because I've been doing a lot of work on corrections that I've been taking more than a while to actually get done because it's one of those unfortunate things that when you have so much work to take care of in the last week of productivity in the office, it's it, it kind of gets heavy on you, but you can, I'm actually glad like you to continue doing it because it's one of those moments in my life where I'm actually glad that the frequency that I create makes me have freedom to actually complete certain things. Like currently, I'm looking at around 11 pages that I haven't finished taking care of corrections of, but at least three are halfway in. And because these three are halfway in, it just means whenever I wake up tomorrow morning, when I make the correction that is required to be made, it's going to move as quickly as I, I imagine it should. And my whole concept is I, I don't like having to have the problem of questioning if the integrity of the work I'm creating is going to compromise the client's work. And I don't want to do that to this client because they've been supremely patient with me. I mean, how many people do you know who will take the time to accept that? You're trying to find your path. You're trying to find direction for the audio. You're trying to find a direction for the visuals. And it's, it, it's one of those things where I'm allowed to create the things I'm trying to create. And as I'm doing that, I have the freedom to sit down and say, yes, that one has direction, that one does not. And I'm given the freedom to actually do it correctly. But I also want to obey the timeline that the the client has. And I created a new timeline of wanting to have stuff finished by Friday. And my hope is because of as many or as big a chunk as the pages are, I know to what extent I've actually completed. And I always have a problem with like, my curiosity or my courage is compromised and if my courage is compromised i am not going to put myself in a compromising position and that comfort is supremely important to me imagine if you will making some some artwork for somebody and then by the time it gets to the person whose whose artwork it is they feel as if you just blasted color and you didn't actually do even more and when she took the time to look at the work and she objectively told me that i feel i need more color here I did not argue with that fact. I actually accepted that fact. And when when we resized the work and then she reverted back, it was a fact that I was actually glad I hoard my work and I keep so many layers of the work alive. It's very, very important that you do that. Do not delete the files that you're working on before the work is completed. It it literally just gets you into even more trouble. And I, for one, I'm glad I get to say improve on the quality of work i can create and if that actually makes things become even more interesting for my clients then so be it and i think the world gets becomes a better place because of that so i'm in a position of it's almost euphoric excitement for lack of a better way to put it even had a conversation with my best friend shout out to my homie for taking the time to actually help me converse i mean i know i live in a bubble where i feel very comfortable when i can sit by myself uninterrupted with nobody else around and i can just do what i need to do but there's nothing wrong with having a friend who actually takes the time to actually check in on you so shout out to my good friends for always making sure that i'm of sound mind it's a very very good thing to have in my life the episode i wanted to make this morning was touching this, this evening actually is, is, is touching on something that I came across recently that I never knew about this character. I heard the name mentioned and even my best friend is the one who actually helped me find direction in this one because I heard the name mentioned but I, had, I didn't know where it came from. The character's name that I'm speaking on is a gentleman known as Francois Duvalier and Francois Duvalier was a, an evil dictator in Haiti and 
this gentleman used to go by the nickname Papa Doc. I think the name Papa Doc was born from his initial periods as a former medical student turned uh, politician turned practicing doctor who actually sits down with different individuals uh, who had a certain disease and he actually gave them medicine to better heal the situation because he came with medicine it made things look better for him but the other thing that I find is very vile about this individual is the fact that the biggest faith in that period was voodoo it was also perceived by the people that maybe there's more to this guy than just him having gone to a school to learn medicine so he used to his advantage the fact that people were not as literate as they should be and it sucks to actually admit that that guy did that to his own people who who wakes up in the morning and decides he's going to compromise his own people for his betterment i mean i may not know what goes into the mind of a dictator but such is life i guess and duvalier did a lot of evil things as far as taking the lives of people and even using the fact that they were ill informed or ill educated to rise above by making fear become his best weapon where he could actually lie to people that he had a a, a, a casing of demons inside his, the the presidential palace and if you dare penetrate that space you will actually have a problem of being haunted by the president or the head of state and mortality is what solved that situation but when i looked at that story i started thinking about how in certain civilizations or in certain communities the first thing that happens is you disenfranchise the people of that community or of that area based upon your take on the whole thing that is fear and ill information i've always been complaining about this one factor about this country of mine there is never a sense of information being passed to the people to better the people it always feels as if we're being taken advantage of right left and center and currently there is a a story that is running wild and it's taking shape and it's taking direction and it's born as a result of a person in his 30s becoming a recording artist taking the time to learn the industry taking the time to learn his way, his way through life taking the time to literally sit down and create material that addresses his grievances with that which he sees as society around him and him being vilified thereafter He's old enough to remember the time when you couldn't say the head of state's name out loud. He's old enough to remember the time when uh parents would actually be in fear of potentially making money for themselves or making money period if if they didn't have a career that had bureaucracy tied to it. And because he knows this and because he sees these grievances that he gets to be successful and have a family, he feels it's important for this to be addressed and that once it's addressed it is treated with even more respect in accordance to how you treat the people of your country and when i think about him and how he's what he's going through right now i worry because i wish not to say his name because it the people in kenya know who he is the people in the diaspora who come from kenya know exactly who i'm talking about and the reason why i don't want to say his name i don't want to tie him to this particular podcast is because it's not the first occurrence of this particular situation where he is trying to address a problem that has been facing african countries or developing countries period fresh from independence and when i think about the struggle that it must be to even tell your family that this track I'm going to put out and it's going to probably put me in compromise there's been so many people who've been doing the same thing i mean recently when i looked i looked at a certain conversation i think it was a music industry conversation in one of the whatsapp groups and by the way i mean at least seven whatsapp groups that are strictly triggered towards or tied towards or directly affiliated or 
issued towards uh, music and the music industry. And when I think about all these things, the first thing that comes to mind is, okay, then I feel this has to be addressed in the best way possible. And the best way possible to address these things is look at how many songs have been, that remain in revolution and in revolt to a status quo that feels dictatorial or authoritative or authoritarian, if you will. And now think about how many times the individuals who've made those kind of songs have been put into risk. The first moments I think about in my mind, and it, even when I, I saw that there was a book that was created, I know I'm jumping all over the place, just bear with me. There was a book that was put together of local songs, by local I mean Kenyan songs, that spoke against authority or spoke against the oligarchy that exists because uh, kenya feels like an oligarchy right now and when when they made a compilation of i think it was almost 40 plus songs if i'm i may be completely mistaken but it, it's a huge number of songs that talk about how certain leadership are dictatorial to the people around them and with that, it ends up affecting the quality of life of many people in the country. So you want to have fear exist. And then how all this ties back is, I remember the first time I ever heard a song that actually spoke against the authoritarian living that was a head of state who abused his power was in Kidogo. And that was done by a guy called Eric Wainaina. And there have been many other songs ever since. And since that was the very first moment where I felt like I was speaking against the status quo of power, I remember being, I remember, I remember being told recently by a different friend of mine of a song that was done by the late great Franco, the Congolese artist. And the song was called Mobutu Seseko. And apparently because he'd been exiled from his home country for so long, he changed the lyrics of the song to turn it into a song not criticizing the head of state, but in honor of the head of state it turned into a form of psychophancy only so he could be able to go back home and see his family now think of that kind of situation that that person was going through in the in the whole idea that your family may be in compromise and he had a big family it's approximated he had 13 wives and he had 40 plus children and, and all his wives war gold these are all allegations that are based from the different conversations i've had now if a person like that would have to compromise his music think about a certain artist called i think it's fella kuti or Fe, I, I don't know who their father is i think the dad is femi or fella i forget let me just let me just find this out because it i feel it, it, i need to start being a little bit more factual in in, in these in these podcasts and yeah it's fella kuti when fella kuti made a song that spoke about the death of a head of state and how he got into trouble for that and when other artists speak about that particular situation and bob marley taking the lyrics and making uh, the speech by uh it was a speech at the united nations given by it was given by emperor selassie and the speech actually was the words until the philosophy where one man is superior and another is inferior is permanently discredited and abandoned. I think I've mentioned that speech again here before. And when I think about that speech and how even he, when he, he made a, a performance in Zimbabwe in the time when Zimbabwe was beginning to find independence and becoming a free nation, and then how sad it is that the, the head of state then thereafter became a dictator and a despot also. And I think about how many countries fresh out of independence where the head of state felt like they were the only individuals who could actually run the country and no one else could come close. It saddens me because it just makes people think, well, 
who said that the rule is only one person could run a country who said that it it was determined that only singular individuals could become heads of state and these singular individuals are the only guys who can determine what is the future or the fate of a country and what may gives them the right to deny the people thereafter and it turns me back to the the place i began where i think about papa doc and papa doc had having the fact that the country is illiterate and the country has has voodoo as its main religion and if i if i betray myself as the one thing that the the, the voodoo faith fears nobody will try touch me he didn't just wear black and a black hat for nothing there's an actual god who i will i will pseudo portray in the artwork of this episode and this individual is became the personification of how he would do his thing and it was assumed based upon the show that I was watching that showed me who Papa Doc was and you can find it on YouTube it's a, it's a show called Evolution of Evil and they cover different dictators across history and in that in that show when they talked about Papa Doc of course it feels a bit one-sided because it's interviews the people who have a specific train of thought in regards to how that despot was but I don't think there's any way you could actually shine a dictator in a good light I mean there's been books written about people who I perceive were dictators in my country and I've I've read one of them and I've I've even come across two others thereafter and it made me want to question how I'd like to even touch on this episode and how I feel the fear that could be born from speaking out against authority but if you think about Papa Doc and the fact that he used voodoo to his advantage it made me think about another episode I did a couple of months back where I was talking about how you think of the religions that have taken advantage of poverty and made poverty become the main driving force into forcing poor people to give them the kind of money that they're making on the side and compromise everything else that they have in their existence for them to not even have perfect living it gets super sad to me when i think of keeping people literate makes it possible for you to maintain power keeping people out of the loop of what mistakes are happening as far as economic existence is concerned also puts people in compromise denying people the ability to actually be in positions of potentially making something of themselves also works to the advantage of the person who's holding on to power aggressively these things have to change these things have to be there has to be a degree of compromise made so that we can't live our lives constantly thinking that when the leadership that exists at the top disappears avoid is created or the people who have cronyism around the individuals that are their leaders at the time that they think that they are the only people who have the authority to make our lives even exist or our lives even become worth anything outside of us blood sweat and tears these are the fears that i have on a daily basis when i think about even the economic freedoms i'd like to have and when i think about a younger generation that did not know the difference between how things could be tightened as far as the rope or, or the yoke of power and how even that slight yoke of power kind of affects how everything else happens around the world i mean to go back to haiti let's go as far as forget now the leadership in countries that were uh, despots or dictators that came from the countries themselves now think about how global politics affects certain nations in in this great continent of ours for the people in the west who are listening to this especially my american brothers and sisters i got to tell you this whenever you ask yourself how come africans ask so many questions about american politicians and who is potentially the american head of state is because ever since time immemorial when it comes to the history of the of the united states of america whatever the head of state says and whatever they stand for as far as their foreign policy compromises everything else that we go through in every other country when we hear of a head of state a sitting head of state in the united states is visiting our countries the first thing we think about is 
okay, what does he want? It's not like, oh, it's an honor for you to visit, but there must be a vested interest. Because America doesn't visit countries it doesn't have a vested interest in or a curiosity. And that's not to mock or to, to pull down the idea of being visited by heads of state and all that. But no, you look at a country's foreign policies and its foreign histories, you, you ask questions. Haiti was occupied when it was independent during the Second World War. It was occupied and a lot of racial ills were done at that period. And that occupation affected a graduate doctor who started reading Karl Marx and thereafter decided to become a politician and used to his advantage the abilities of fear and everything that happened there happened as it was. And to a certain extent, to me, it feels as if the United States is on a, a global expansion as far as empire building because I, I, I potentially think though they made their whole, their whole country the founding fathers of the United States made the country based upon occupation and expanding of empire. But I know for a fact there's no point where you reach as far as building something where you say it's enough. I'm never really content personally, even when I think about something as simple as making a drawing come to life. So if I'm not content and I'm way over here, what would it be like for a head of state in the United States? to say, hey, there's a territory in this place where I feel the head, the head of that country is a despot and we could swap whoever is the leader over there with somebody else and that person could be a favor to us because we could probably use their mineral resources to our advantage. It's literally what we sometimes cross our minds. Maybe it crosses just my mind, but I've, I sat, I've sat down with three or four other people who are very open-minded, but they think about that. And also, Take again the, the power of fear and ask yourself how many countries that are going through civil war or civil unrest that have mineral resources that are excessive that don't get to move forward because the civil war continues. Now, I may not know much about war. I've never been I mean, a soldier, but I've watched uh, how military works and I've seen even from the small paramilitary organizations I've been a part of, which means absolutely nothing. But from my understanding, this is one thing I know for sure you cannot keep a war going unless somebody's profiting from it. We know not who are the people who profit from these countries having unrest or which countries have certain heads of state, but we all know people do cheap in to make sure that a person who is of favor to them is kept in power. I mean, even in the situation of the, the, the Caribbean islands, the from the Haitis to Jamaica and all, all, all these places, I mean, let, let's even think along other lines like cuba when cuba happened the countries that were in that hemisphere that were not choosing sides between communism and and capitalism whichever countries were willing to take funds from the united states and be on the side of the united states dictators in those countries were sometimes unnecessary evil even in the story of papa doc it's true and again as this podcast is always proven, I'm taking thoughts of different things that I've seen and I'm drawing my own conclusions, which I hope to change based upon the more information I get. As a diagnosis, this is where I'm at right now based upon what I've seen. Fear is used as a tool to better the the, 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 the despot and to better the people. Uh, economic disenfranchisement and a lack of education to a people is also a tool to the advantage of the evil despot think on it i'm sure we'll chat about it one day and feel free to actually hit me up at point blanky Vumbi or p blanky Vumbi. and what what would, would a conversation hurt about these particular things and these particular thoughts especially as these countries keep growing with time say it with me be caesar
or be nothing at all. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I'm glad I get to record it now in the comfort of sitting on my desk. I got myself a new tool and it's working really great so far. And I feel like it's going to make things even better as time goes by. Until next time, God bless, be good. The festive season is upon us and you're enjoying it. So be good. Who knows?